Whiskey, whiskey, the singer's getting sore. We raise the roof, now we're lowering the floor. The band is blistered, but we got a little more. When I say one, two, you say three, four. One, two, three, four. Whoa, the numbers are counting up. This is weird. I've never done this before. All right. And today's guest is going to be uh, Jamie... Now, is it Johnston or Johnson? You're the worst. <laughs> the worst. I'm back, bitch. <laughs> oh, there we go. Jamie's almost in vacation mode. This is going to be a fun podcast. Jamie's, this is like if Jamie's last day of work, uh, yeah. and, and half of it's going to be drinking uh, and report, recording a podcast. Her yeah. afternoon is probably going to be doing expenses, if I know Jamie. She's uh, my expenses be- are done. What? I am. I know. I'm ahead of the That's, game, so I can just wow. get absolutely blasted during this podcast. It'll be <laughs> so fun. <laughs> well, this is a perfect. Uh, what are you? What are you drinking, Jamie? Then I'm, um, I'm going to go right there. Well, I mean, uh, considering our, our, I have a history with the our guest today, our actual guest. Um, uh-huh. I decided to, you know, and shocker, I pulled out a Bovini. Um, but I have um, a sherry cask, a single barrel sherry cask, because I was looking through the website of the. I, I don't know. Why I'm keeping it a secret of. of Adam brands and looking around and I was reading about this lovely sherry cask uh, whiskey that they have and I was like oh I could go for that and it's you know it's 10 o'clock in the morning so it seems kind of a, a nice sort of pairing with coffee I guess so yeah, yeah. single yeah, cask sherry yep well Jamie I, we, we, I'm glad you're back on because I feel like I was getting yelled at a lot by the internet good um, but but we managed to that we managed to find some time <laughs> There's there's a there's a gap between I can't schedule anything too, like Jamie are you ready for the next hour and I can't schedule anything too far away because Jamie's like I don't know what I'm doing next month it's whiskey season, uh, so I think we found a good compromise. We, this time we figured around. it out. We figured it we out. Figured out. I did actually tell people to start harassing you about it. Like I I during my master classes everyone was like oh where have you been on the podcast and I was like just like harass Mark about it like just tweet him or like text him or like so there's a there's a method to the madness they did they did it was great it was great yeah. it's great to have you on um it's we, we were we spent we spent time together we just haven't had time to podcast together that's correct we, we've gone on for drinks and we've, we were at the New Brunswick Spirit Festival mm-hmm. uh, a couple of weeks ago and that was a lot of fun mm-hmm. um very very typical Mark and Jamie story Mark's mm-hmm. Mark's drinking it's like after midnight and I'm just like do 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 Jamie where are you and Jamie's like I'm eating and then Mark's like never answers her again I'm like food and whiskey don't mix <laughs> for me at all i'm like it's already past midnight i've already started drinking i do not eat anymore that's it i'm done and then we don't see each other for the rest of the night yeah yeah we ordered chinese food that's i literally right. like last text i'm like what did jamie do? oh yeah jamie i asked where jamie was she yeah said she no was i put myself to bed i i, I heard like, well i was like my my hotel room was actually across the hall from um from that party that was going on so you you didn't hear me but i definitely heard you guys <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about it. Um, um, should we uh, should we uh, welcome our our actual guest? Yeah, I think um, we should. Sam, welcome to the podcast. Sam is a long time listener, long long time, <laughs> long time fan. Uh, let me introduce him really well. He's been uh, a listener since episode number one. Probably one of our biggest fans, Jamie. I would say. <laughs> you know? I seem uh, to recall like doing a podcast with Sam on it in like when he was in a hotel room in France. He cursed so much. Even <laughs> even back in the day when we swore so much on the podcast, we've we've cleaned up a little bit. Sam Sam still like outcursed us by 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 leaps and bounds. Yes, yeah. yeah. And now he's head of of whiskey, which is quite the title for of Adam Brands. The whiskey for Adam Brands. That's right. Sam, welcome to the podcast. Sam, exciting. It's it's a, it's a real delight to be back. You know, I've, you're right. I've been listening since you guys were on vinyl. 
Um, it's been great to watch you go from cassette to Betamax to VHS and now to the digital format. It's just it's just a joy. <laughs> it was time to convert after all those years, you know, I guess what, four years ago we decided to go digital. It, just, it was time. It was time. We did great. Yeah. Bit of a transition there. So, Sam, you used to be the, used to be the Canadian brand ambassador for Belvini. That's how you and I first met. Uh, really briefly, because then you flew over to Scotland and you became the global brand ambassador for Belvini. And then you're now, uh, as Jamie said, for Adam's brand. So you're basically behind the boutique company and other, uh, and other brands for, for that company. Let's start at the beginning with your first mistake. Um, <laughs> Love it. Yeah. So a journalist, is that what it says about you on LinkedIn? I mean, I don't really try not to go by that title. Unless, unless I need some sort of journalistic protection, which I'm sure there are some, then yes, yes. I'm a well, you, you're a science fiction writer, and you're creating up some science fiction about me. I was the uh, USA ambassador for Balvenie. I um, was and, the first Canadian ambassador for Balvenie. Yes, you were. There we wow. go. Wow. <laughs> See, I didn't know that. Uh-huh. But you are well, from Canada. I got that right, right? That's true. <laughs> At least that part's right. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, I have Balvenie in the U.S. And then we expanded. We got a couple other ambassadors across the U.S. And then I moved. I uh, was invited by the family to be the global ambassador based back in the U.K. where I'd lived uh, before moving to New York. And everything they say about New York is true. Nice place to visit. But I wouldn't want to live there. And I didn't. So we moved back to the U.K., um, and let's see, I, did, I think nine years and nine months in total with Balvenie wow. and then moved to join my friends, uh, Ben and Justin and the people who started Adam brands years ago, uh, to be their head of whiskey about a year and eight months ago. Now as their head of whiskey, what is it that you do? Fucking hell, man. They, they ask me that every day. Like, that's like a joke in the office. <laughs> what do you do around here? I just, I just walk in the hallways and say hi to people. Um, periodically stick my nose in a glass. Nose, it's, uh, it's a different business than um, William Grant, where I was, for sure. Uh, it's, it's still operated like a small business. Uh, I knew the guys when they started. They were literally in a shed. Um, picking up bottles as they were ordered through their website, Master of Malt. Um, and they've expanded it uh, over the years to start doing their own brands. And Boutique, of course, is one that you, you already mentioned. Um, and then Gins, Bathtub Gin, Ableforths, all these things that started to grow. They started hiring more people, moved out of a shed into some offices and have constantly been outgrowing their current statuses. I mean, even where we are now, it feels like we're bursting at the seams. Um, but yeah, things, things are definitely uh, larger than they were years ago. Uh, we have more brands under our belt, and we're constantly trying to innovate and do new shit and push the limits, uh, certainly within rum and gin and whiskey. So my first question for you, Sam, is um, how much do you miss me? Well, it's funny. <laughs> you should, it's, it, I respect you for not asking selfish questions so early in the interview. <laughs> But it's, I was with uh, people last night at the International Wine and Spirits Competition, and uh, I do miss things about William Grant, um, and it's mostly the people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say that genuinely. So fortunately, I still do see you when I'm back in Toronto. We still do keep in touch. I'm still, you guys have kept me on the Balvenie WhatsApp group, which is very kind. In <laughs> fact, if anyone from Balvenie is listening, I'm still the administrator on the Facebook group, and you should probably, you should probably change that, because I could really fuck things up. <laughs> Here's a story for you. 
The time I got high behind the <laughs> moat barn. <laughs> well, many 13-year-old. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> so I'm going to take that as a lot. It's <laughs> yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 yeah. I, I hope I answered your question, and I hope yeah. I answered yours, Mark. What do I do at work, and do I miss Jamie? I, I do miss Jamie. And I miss, I miss <laughs> the, the, peop, the people that Grants are great, and they still I, – I mean, I, I speak to David Stewart regularly. Um, he gives guidance and help because I have a million fucking questions. I've made tons of mistakes since I've been head of whiskey here at Adam. Um, and – yeah, when you're, I guess, doing something new and maybe a bit outside your comfort zone and stretching yourself, you will make mistakes. And we've done it. And I've spoken to Brian Kinsman several times, and he's given awesome guidance as well. So they've been lovely people. And then, like I say, all the ambassadors and colleagues and brand managers I've seen I've seen several times over the years too. And actually some, some of the people who we used to work with, Duncan McRae, Chris Deacon, they're now uh, at Adam with me as well. So it's a small, it's a small whiskey verse. So uh, what are your three favorite mistakes? Hmm. let's keep it to whiskey um (laughs) let's keep it to work well no i mean we yeah let's start at the beginning the first one was um our head buyer uh we don't have a whiskey distillery um so we source whiskey from uh, brokers and from distilleries direct um our head buyer toby cutler got his hands on some very delicious old uh invergordon 44 year old invergordon uh grain distillery um, that I, I thought was absolutely delicious. And it was a small parcel. I think there were six casks. And some of them uh, were, you know, 42% alcohol by volume. And some of them were 38, 36, even 34. So we bought them all. And, of course, the cut stuff that was underproof, um, naturally and traditionally, they would charge less for it. So I thought, great, we can, we can get those. And we can blend them with this uh, 45-year-old Glen Farkless that we had from a sherry cask and a few other things. So we had some old whiskey. We could do a 40-plus uh, blend. It'll be over 40, so maybe we'll call it XL, like the Roman numerals, but also extra large because it's extra age. Oh, cool. We had all these great ideas. Fantastic. <laughs> we moved the liquid to our facility in Edinburgh. And, of course, when you move whiskey or spirit in the U.K. or in any country, you have to fill out tax forms. And so when the tax form was filled out to move the underproof or the stuff that was under 40 uh, ABV, uh, the tax form was filled out as spirit drink. Uh-oh. And so when it arrived in Edinburgh and they had the recipe instructions from head of whiskey, whatever he does here, uh, they said, all right, let's follow the instructions. They took the spirit drink. They mix it with the single malt scotch whiskey and the single grain scotch whiskey and then we had a 44 year old spirit drink mm. <laughs> couldn't call it whiskey nope well you, well we can't we could you could call it whiskey you can't call it scotch whiskey and the okay, other complication there is you're not allowed to make any whiskey in scotland that's not scotch which is one of those catch-all things from the swa mm-hmm. um so fantastic yay sam let's go <laughs> wasting money let's go <laughs> waste some money i'm gonna waste your money i'm gonna waste your money yeah so oops but we learned and now we look at paper a little more closely <laughs> 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 I mean, the Buduki company, and sorry, Adam's brand, and specifically, you're, you're basically, that's what you do. You're buying tons of barrels of other stuff, and you're trying to blend it, mix them, sell them, market them, have brands. But you are working on, like, regular releases, 8, 10, so on and so forth. You have names that sound like distilleries but aren't distilleries. Uh, tell me a little bit more, kind of, because you're, you're I'm kind of familiar with the products, but not really, because we don't get a lot here, I guess, is the sad mm-hmm. part. No, we're, we're working on that, and I know... Um... 
we're in Alberta now, which is a little simpler than some of the other provinces. Mm-hmm. Um, Ontario is listing uh, the advent calendar, and I know you both have gone to buy one, so thank you very much. Because I think how, how the advent calendar performs, which is, you know, 24 small drams, 3CL drams for each day of the advent in December, um, how that performs, I think, will help LCBO decide, you know, how much faith mm-hmm. to put in buying more stuff from ours from us. So. Cool. We've got a couple of tenders in, so I'm fingers crossed it's going to be fine. And the world likes the kind of stuff we're making. So, you know, let, let's start at the beginning, though. Boutique is, is the, the whiskey genesis of uh, Ben, who I work with, and that's what they were doing first, which is essentially getting a few single casks, either a, a single cask or a, a, a few of the same distillery, or the same vintage, uh, blending them together or just bottling them as their own thing with the illustrated labels by uh, Emily Chappell. Um, that usually have some in-jokes or some sort of ridiculous uh, image of a fish or a cow or a, I don't know, whatever it might be, um, to tell a story that that geeks would understand of the distillery, but also that maybe there's some education educational piece around how the this distillery uses two and a half times distillation or whatever it might be. Uh, so that that's boutique that we bottle those when we when we can name the spirit we bottle it as you know Lafroy. When we cannot, we bottle it as Williamson, and when we cannot, we bottle it as Isla Number whatever Lafroig is. I forget in our lexicon, but um, <laughs> basically an independent bottler in the traditional sense, but doing it a bit in a bit in a different way with the illustrated labels and um, batch batches and yes, strange in jokes and stuff all over them. So that's cool, but it's not scalable. So one of the complaints, even long before I started here, something that was annoying to me was, and I liked buying Ben's whiskeys and Adam's whiskeys, but if I found one that I liked, the chances of me finding another was unlikely. Right. And if I and if my and shops didn't want to carry them because then the you know they're here and then gone. So once you list it, it's a pain in the ass. Bars didn't really like them, so it's it's kind of a pain in the ass. But that's fine. It's boutiquey. It's small scale. It's for the fully engaged whiskey nerd. And that's a limited number of folks. That's probably the three of us, right? <laughs> but we know there's more. It's a small whiskey verse, and we all uh, love each other, know each other. But it's not something that you can really grow to scale. And so within boutique, it's tough to do something repeatable. So the first thing I wanted to do with boutique is make something that we could have as a, a listable whiskey, but something that was still true to boutique. And so the idea became a world whiskey blend. Um, we know that Japanese blended whiskey is a category that's much debated now because there are uh, ingredients that are from around the world. And there's nothing wrong with that when you're pursuing flavor, but it's certainly being taken advantage of, especially in the United States, I think, right now, where the law is they can use rice spirit and it's still called a grain. It's still called whiskey. Can't do that in Europe. Can't do that in Canada, I don't believe, either. Um, uh, so, And then selling it for 100 pounds or 100 bucks a bottle Um rice spirit mixed with a little bit of Japanese that just that doesn't seem wise first of all because that's going to undermine once that gets revealed that'll be that'll undermine the category yeah and it doesn't seem fair ethically or morally so um but there in light a bit of an opportunity I thought because the world is already blending whiskey from across different countries we know that three ships the Sedgwick distillery in South Africa when they first launched, they were using some of their local spirit, but also blending it with Beaumont, Lafroy, you know, with Scotch whiskeys. Yeah. Um, and that's 
uh, High West, or you know, there, there are many examples. That tradition already exists, so I wanted to get in and do something like that, which I thought would be uh, in line with Boutique's ethos. And the other thing is, we already buy craft distilling, uh, sorry, uh, products from craft distillers, not just from Scotland, but around the whole world. Mm-hmm. So if we could blend those together, put it on a base of where my heart is, you know, Canadian corn whiskey. I think Canada makes some of the best corn whiskey in the world. And if we could put it on a base of corn whiskey, because first of all, the blenders of Scotland will have uh, done this traditionally. They would have taken the rough spirits of the highlands that most people south of Hadrian's Wall didn't want to drink and mix them together uh, on top of some North British corn or some canvas or whatever it might have been. Today, that's harder to do in Scotland because we don't have as many corn grain distilleries. It's all wheat. Mm-hmm. And corn is a different drink, as you guys know. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so putting those craft distilleries on top of Canadian corn was the dream. And then the other the other informing factor was to make whiskey that didn't need a fucking Glencairn glass or a, a tapered mm-hmm. nosing glass or a blogger <laughs> or, or right, tasting notes. You could put it, put it in. <laughs> Did you just insert a blogger in between Glencairn glass and tasting notes? <laughs> it just, whiskey is a serious thing. Look, we love whiskey. But you don't have to take it so seriously all the time. Mm -hmm. And although it is a serious thing, we treat it seriously with respect and reverence, but it doesn't mean it has to be in a formal glass and I have to take 30 minutes every time I have one. Sometimes I just want to have some whiskey with some friends, throw the cork away and have a good time. Um, And so the way the world drinks whiskey, and I think a lot of nerds forget this, is, well, blended scotch we know, but is with mixers. That's how the world drinks it. Mm-hmm. And traveling around the world as a Balvenie Global Ambassador, I saw many different ways. Coconut water, tonic, ginger ale, obviously is what I grew up, we grew up with. Mm-hmm. Um, green tea, etc. So Boerle Whiskey Blend is designed to go in all the different um, ways that the world drinks whiskey. Yeah, and, and your whiskeys are so damn drinkable, it's ridiculous. So uh, you, you sent me the uh, the darkness and the um, um, Aerolite Lindsay. Single wow, you, you pronounce that almost perfectly. Almost <laughs> perfectly. Um, but those are both so stupidly drinkable. Like, like just, just from a perspective of like, oh, I'll, I'll save this for the podcast. I think I had these bottles for like four weeks. They're almost all done. And not, not because I was like, I was just like, oh, I feel like a whiskey. And I just don't want to, you know, I just want to drink something, enjoy it, and just, and just go on with my day because it's morning. And, uh, and that, that, that's it. And I'm like, oh, crap, these bottles are gone. It, it, it's, it's amazingly drinkable uh, whiskey. Also, um, tell me how to pronounce <laughs> 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 this is classic Mark. <laughs> okay, now I'm going to try again. It's Aerolite. It's definitely Aerolite. Um, and it's Lindsay. Yes. Uh, Aerolite Lindsay. Um, I'm, I mean, that's a really nice thing to say. Thanks, Mark, because that's exactly what I want to do with those two whiskeys. So those two whiskeys are sourced from a, a distiller, straight from a distillery that we work with. We can't name the liquid, so that means we can't use it as boutique because it's trickier. We can't put a distillery name on it. And it's something we want to be able to do again and again. So we want that distiller to be able to supply it to us on a regular basis. Um, the darkness is, look, all of us have a space on our shelf for a heavily sherried, high strength whiskey mm-hmm. and that you that you go to. And for me personally, Ablaura Buna was that. Glenfarclas mm-hmm. 105 was that. Mm-hmm. Um, and Abuna took a major price jump. I don't know how it is in Ontario, but Abuna went up considerably where I live. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just thought I saw that as an opportunity for whiskey lovers to have some that they don't want to think about it. They, they want that to tick that box. Well, darkness can do that. Darkness already existed as a limited edition. Uh, ben used to take 70 liters or 64 liters of some boutiques and put it into these small octaves, these small sherry 
casks that would hold just 64 liters, leave it in there for three months at least, and it would soak up a lot of the flavor quite rapidly, mm -hmm. and then release that as, as darkness limited editions. And so we wanted to take that and do it something something scalable, so we um, sourced a Speyside distillery that has a worm tub uh, condenser and is uh, <laughs> partially three times distilled. That's all I'm going to tell you. Um, <laughs> But, you know, a big meaty, a meaty style yeah. whiskey. That's what you want when you mm -hmm. have that craving. Something that can stand up to a lot of wood. Eight years mm -hmm. old, I think, is plenty of maturity for this particular spirit. And you put it in the sherry cask, it gets big and dark. And the idea is don't collect this bottle. Don't write tasty notes about it. Open it, share it, and exactly as you said, Marge, mm -hmm. it just, it's, it's to be enjoyed. And Air Light's the same. Dave Broom wrote about it. Um, friends, glasses, throw the cork away, which I thought mm -hmm. was, was exactly what it's about. He totally got it, which is brilliant. Nice. So, Sam, how much of your time is spent, like, so I'm guessing it sounds like you're wearing a lot of hats, like the the head of whiskey is doing, like, marketing, blending, like, uh, like what is, like, a day look like for you? Well, a lot of hats, you, you know my hairline, I, I do need a lot of hats. <laughs> but I, can't, I refuse to take credit for all of those things. I appreciate, I, I, do, I do think about marketing, I do think about the realities of what we're going to do with it, why it makes sense, because yeah, I have to sell that into the people I work with who are, who are friends, but they're also colleagues and professional ambitions mm -hmm. of their own. Um, but no, that's marketing. Duncan McRae works in marketing. Uh, we used to work with a guy named G who was involved with these both the whiskeys we just discussed at their genesis. He's no longer with the company, but he deserves a shout out as well. Um, Nick Ravenhall, who is out in the field with his sales teams, he he knows what the markets want from to, you know from Taiwan to Toronto. What what we need to do. Mm -hmm. So that that those insights really help. It's, it is a whole. It's still a small company. We all work really closely together, mm -hmm. and we, we try to align to have a whiskey vision. What are we trying to do with our brands? We're trying to make whiskeys that people want to reach for and reach for again. That's mm -hmm. it. We don't, we're not mm -hmm. trying to necessarily make rare things that you can't repeat because we have Boutique to do that. Boutique will always do that. And right. actually, what it does is it frees up Boutique to do even more of that. If we're not trying to dump every cast we get through Boutique, we can only do the best mm -hmm. um, and save other things for other projects. Nice. Um, and, and you also started, uh, we're going to go back to whiskey, but you also started a podcast, which is actually a lot of fun. It's, I, I, I listened to the first three episodes. Uh, they're so terrific. Fun. You have games during the podcast. Jamie, I think we need to up our game. We need to have games on our podcast as well. Oh God, I hate games so much. I know. I do too. <laughs> in, that case, games. in that case, it's time for Anadrams. <laughs> Welcome to Anadrams. I'm your host, Dr. Whiskey. Uh, today we have guests on. Uh, what are your names, fellas? Um, Mark Bylock. <laughs> I'm Jamie Johnson. Hi. Well, thanks for being here. Um, first, just so you know how it works, it's anagrams, but with the whiskey theme. Uh, mm -hmm. You buzz in. Please grab a bottle of whiskey. You buzz in by pulling the cork on a bottle, and I'll show you how that's done. Okay. Nice. So get a okay. bottle and get ready. All right. Oh, my. You're ready. Producing. All right. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Jamie, get it wet. If you turn the bottle upside down, it makes it a better <laughs> pop. Okay. Great. Done. Great. Hot awesome. tips to the ambassador. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll just do a, a gentle one to start. Okay. Inner Benz. I-N-N-E-R-B-E-N-S. Inner Benz. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm so bad at these. Oh, my God, Jamie. You and I both. Did we... You know what really helps, really guys? If, why don't you get a pen and pencil? I, I'm already, I'm a on pen it. And paper in me, yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm on it. I'm totally. Inner so wait, so 
I, I'm Googling what anagrams are. That's where I No, am. you oh. can't do that. <laughs> no, I'm Googling the definition of an anagram. Oh, sorry. A word jumble. You know, like in the Global Mail. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay, sorry. <laughs> all right. Inter- I thought it was just a Canadian thing because we're all so thick, right? <laughs> What's the anagram, eh? Maple syrup. Okay. So that was Ben Rennes. Oh, so, it, okay. <laughs> I was like thinking of process. I was like, what in the distillery is double A? Okay, okay, no, okay. I'll, okay. I'll, just, I'll just do distilleries for you guys. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, wow, I'll this keep... is going to be so much fun. Let's, let's go to another one. Let's do it. All right. Enviable. Enviable. Enviable? Enviable. Enviable. E N V I A B L E. That's right. Oh God. You oh, do it. It's a Balvenie. Yeah, Mama. There you go. <laughs> Jesus, if I didn't get that one. Exactly. <laughs> Whew, I'm sweating, guys. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Who Wait, said I didn't this do this thing. <laughs> Jamie gets to keep her job. This is good. This is good. <laughs> I should take this opportunity to say also one of the reasons I love this doing this game is because it's the worst radio game because it's just so hard to play along because you can't see the letters. <laughs> you know that's what that's what makes it great because it's just fucking stupid. All right. You know what we should wake we should wake up Wingo too. While we we're should wake up Wingo. Oh boy. We call Wingo. <laughs> All right. Next. No. Upton yelled. Upton yelled. U-P-T-O-N. Oh, U-P. Y-E-L-L-E-D. Yes, U-P-T-O-N, Y-E-L-L-E-D. Upton yelled. What'd he yell? Y-E-L-L-E-D or just D? E-D. E-D. Like the past tense of yell. Someone named Upton yelled in the past. I'm so bad at this. I can tell. This is going to be great content. You can edit it later. (laughs) Hold on. This What's is... the first root of podcasting? Bad content. <laughs> <laughs> you learned so much from us. You learned. Wait, so are these only us, Scotch Sam? whiskey distilleries? Actually, you know what? Davin was amazing. I thought Davin was such a great guest. He is a great. Yeah, every time yeah, yeah. he's like a fa- favorite guest. Davin is so good. Sorry, I just reminded me just uh, the opposite of bad content. That was really great listening. Anyway, yelled Upton is old Paltney. You guys fucking suck. <laughs> All right, let's make it easier. Wait, I'll do I'll do a distillery in Canada. Have you heard of Canada? Oh, oh okay. There's five distilleries. We can get this. All right, all right, Jamie. I'm ready with my poppy sound. This is good. There's this five. This is the worst. This is, there's five. We oh, can do this, this is killing me inside. I'm so competitive. You got the cork. <laughs> so bad. Yeah, I got the cork. All right, good. All right, Here I'm comes. Still not. There we go. That sounds nice. Mm-hmm. Heliport nest. Heliport nest. H-E-L-I-P-O-R-T-N-E-S-T. Where a helicopter lands and where a bird lands. <laughs> West Coast. <laughs> Two words. <laughs> you guys, hold on, hold on. Not... Shelter oh, point. 
Nicely Wait. done. Oh. Shelter points. All right. Well, Ooh. Jamie for the Ooh. win. Guys, yeah. I'm like I'm literally sweating, like stress sweat, like you know when he gets like smelly stress sweat, like I'm dying here. Oh <laughs> my god. That All was, right. Uh, I think let's move move on here. Yeah, let's move on. That was um. Oh my god. All right. That's well, well like, done. It could have been worse. That could have been the uh, quizzes or the other things. <laughs> <laughs> a single malt mean what the single means oh my gosh and, and it could have been, been terrible uh, <laughs> well I, that just gave me an idea for a new segment where we, we call Mark it's, it's not a nightmare Bylock <laughs> leave, leave your ringer on buddy <laughs> I have young children that's probably my ringer is so off I, I, I <laughs> you know what actually the trick is if you call me twice the second time the phone will actually ring so if you do actually want to yeah me too it's the same <laughs> thing I've got, too. I've got the same thing uh, and, Nicole yeah. will be swearing beside me and be like what the fuck it'll be great it'll be wonderful. i love it i love it it's so good we call the segment sorry nicole yeah okay <laughs> well i mean sam your, your podcast has been a lot of fun i i learned a lot about it on on it as well and that's mm-hmm. that's been great so that's a taste of what you do on your podcast uh, there's some serious whiskey talk as well um yeah it's great for geeks for sure yeah, ho- hopefully more than just geeks. I mean, I think I've got yeah. some buddies here who aren't really into whiskey, but they're friends. So they started listening mm-hmm. to it, and they they were very surprised that they mm-hmm. actually made it through an episode, which I haven't done yet today. <laughs> um, I don't think Jamie's listened to a single uh, one of our. Podcasts. I don't think I've listened. No, but I've listened to Sam's. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie's like, I don't like listening to myself. I'm like, okay. I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> well, well, at least Trent listens to it. I think. So that's you know that's what? Helpful. It's my. It's really nice of them. I think they listen to it at like double speed because they're like, all right, James, we get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't listen to anything more than – it has to be at least double speed no. um, for, for sure. And so, Sam, where, where are you living these days? Are you in, like, London or Edinburgh? Where did where, you go to? I don't even know. It's okay. Yeah, no, I'm in London. I'm in uh, West London, but the Tunbridge offices – sorry, the offices are down in Tunbridge. The warehouse uh, in England, anyway, is down in Tunbridge, and then we have a warehouse and bottling up in Edinburgh as well because obviously all the scotch needs to be done up there. Um, gins and the Canadian and the World Whiskey Blend stuff we did down here. Uh, yeah, that's it. So what I live, yeah, I live in West London. Well, I'm looking forward to the advent calendar because I, I do. Um, I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to doing all the whiskey tasting notes from that. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, it, it's such an interesting concept to take, kind of take that that you know shitty chocolate and make it into whiskey uh, mm-hmm. concept. Uh, it's it's wonderful. I'm looking forward to it. And a lot of the whiskeys there are young, and I think that's a thing that is getting. Um, that's I don't know if they if, if it's well as well understood in North America as, as it is in um, in the UK, but young whiskeys uh, from distilleries are really taking form and driving a lot of character and a lot of you know like sales certainly, but like from branding perspective and just from a uh, taste perspective, that that whole concept that you need to have you know, a 10, 12, 15 year old, twenty one year old, twenty five year old whiskey uh, to enjoy it is, is is in many parts of the world that are is long since dead, and like a lot of the whiskeys that you're selling. Um, are under that 12-year age statement. Um, and they're fantastic, and you will never be like, oh, this tastes a little young. Like, you'll never have that conversation with anybody. Uh, that age statement is just a number on that bottle at that point, but it's not going to be uh, missing anything for, for the lack of, you know, three years or what have you. Yeah, that's. I, I think it's pretty easy to be boutique in whiskey right now because mm-hmm. every distiller, really, with a very few exceptions, in Scotland anyway, is doing the same thing. Um, so I think we, we can, Boutique stands out by showcasing young whiskeys that are 
at full maturity. So, that, you know, I, what did we have? A six-year-old Lefroy the other day that was absolutely stunning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a two-year-old Archie Rose from Australia that was at least as good as an 18-year-old Mortlock I'd had the day before. Um, American whiskey, a lot of the best stuff that I've been trying recently, I don't know if you guys agree, but it's like, yeah, three to five years old. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, age age should be the number that really matters. And something I've, I've noticed, I don't know if you guys see it too, going to whiskey shows, you said you're in New Brunswick, but um, is that people do uh, people are more up to trying, first of all, whiskey that's not scotch. So we have, you know, mm-hmm. Cotswolds, fucking amazing distillery mm-hmm. in England. Um, and I think there's a Cotswold in the, in the Drinks by the Dram uh, advent uh, that's three years old. And at, at a whiskey show, I would say 10 years ago, everyone would avoid that. Yeah. Yeah. And today people ask, they see it on the table, like, what's, can I try that? Oh, you know, and, and that's, that's the change that we've seen in not that much time, which is great. Yeah. I mean, cause whiskeys are, you know, it, it's all about, I guess more, is it more about, I guess this is my question for, for you, for both of you, um, more in the industry than I am. Um, is it more about like finding, uh, like, like for example, somebody that's a, a big distillery will be like, well, we can't find, you know, a thousands of barrels that will make an eight-year-old age statement but if you're a smaller more boutique shop you can find eight barrels or five barrels uh, single malts to batch uh to make a younger whiskey or is it just simply kind of how it's made or what the purposes of it is or, or just just finding those barrels i guess or is it just you know all the above i'm not sure i totally got the question because of course if you have a hundred barrels and only one of them is eight years old then they're all eight no, no, well, that's what I mean. Like, so, but like, Belvini wouldn't say, like, okay, we're going to release an eight year old Belvini uh, at volumes that we release a 12 year old, but we'll find enough eight year old, ble- you know, batches to, to make a product. Like, does it, do they, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's that consistency yeah, I guess profile. It, like, yeah, are the eight year olds more special, I guess what I'm saying. Like, they're harder to find a well aged eight year old whiskey, or is it just, you know, or is it just, you know, are you finding those rare finds, blending them together, or are they uh, unique in, or are they just more generic and, 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 and easier to get? Well, that might be a good question for Jamie, too, because I think the big distillers, the, well, the, the producers anyway, people who actually distill their own spirit and have a stock model that they planned 12, 15, 30, 50 years out, mm-hmm. they will have um, stock that's excess to their forecasts. And that's where we come in. We, we pick that up, not just us, but it's a tradition in Scotland since, you know, who still survives? Mc, Gordon McPhail, mm-hmm. you know, the in, independent bottlers um, who buy up surplus stocks or buy fillings right from the beginning, invest in a distillery and say, yeah, we'll buy some of your new spirit to put in wood like we're doing with some Canadian distilleries we've already mentioned in Anadrams um, <laughs> and, and some others. So I nice. think that's it. Yeah, I think it's a cool thing to, to do. And there's a role for – it's different for for each part of the business. So for our for our business, yeah, I think it's, it's pretty easy to get great eight-year-old whiskey because most distillers um, don't have a need for some of that stock. Mm-hmm. I like Diageo, which seems to be really dipping in the eight statements. They've got a lot of, you know, eight, nine. They've got kind of the weirdo, the, the Game of Thrones ones and all that kind of stuff. They're, they're really dipping into younger stock and, and tr- converting over pretty quickly. That must make your stuff a little easier to sell when you have, like, Lugavol and eight premiered on the shelves as well? Yeah, for sure. And I think we, when I was at Balvenie even, we toyed with the idea of having an eight-year-old. Um, and maybe that was a bit ahead of its time and people weren't quite comfortable with it. But if you go back before the whiskey lock, you go back to the 70s um, and most whiskeys were eight years old. That was extra old mm-hmm. Highland whiskey, you know. Um, so the age statements sort of being a starting point of 12 or even older. Lagavulin started for a long time at 16. 
um, was just because of overstock. It's because when when whiskey started to come back into fashion, you know, to whatever it is, 20 years ago, or really at the end of the 80s with the classic malts, we're still on that arc. Um, so people have been, distillers have all been filling much more each year. So they're able to dip into the younger stock, which doesn't mean it was ever immature. It just means that the market um, couldn't really handle the value that they had been waiting so long to finally sell it. Oh, God, my fucking computer just stopped. Hello. No, we hear you. We hear we you. We can hear you. <laughs> Don't touch anything and you'll be fine as long as you can hear us. Uh-oh. Maybe Sam can't hear us. If, uh, no, I can hear you. And if I can tell you how many times I've been told, don't touch anything. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever happened to that uh, spirit that you had that's 42 years old? I meant to ask. Mark wants a sample of it. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 I've shared it with people at tastings. I had it at Maltstock. I, I did a tasting with Mark Watt. And Dave Broom was supposed to be there, but he was he fell sick that the week before. Um but yeah, I brought uh, my tasting was Sam's big mistakes or whatever three three big mistakes, oh, and so we tasted it there, and we've we've decided on a way to sort of repackage it, um, repropose it just by excluding the word scotch, but in a very overt way. So uh, you said this is going out next week, so I, can't, I really shouldn't say much more right now. Sorry, man. <laughs> but we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna fuck the system a little bit, definitely. <laughs> Because with all these rules in Scotch whiskey or even bourbon or America, you know, all, all the spirits categories, it's so easy to poke the bear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's like they're, they're, it's like asking for it. So why not just let's mm-hmm. see? And I know John Glazer and all these people we respect in small blending or craft distillers in the States and across the world trying to trying to push the limits and do new things. It's always in the pursuit of flavor. It's never to take the piss. Yeah. It's never to take advantage. And um, – the fact that everyone's so worried that that's what it was before is not probably their corporate worldview more than reflective of, you know, someone at Westland's innovations. In general, the the sort of like momentum now is, do you think going to like continue towards um, people drinking independent bottlers more, finding sort of new, interesting craft distilleries? Uh, do you, is that only whiskey geeks and whiskey nerds do you think or is there an opportunity for like the the sort of greater like the you know the the greater sort of consumer whiskey consumer that you know sticks to their macallan um for them to be sort of swayed over into that new sort of genre of whiskeys or is that consumer just consistently going to be drinking that that's a, that's a complicated question because I don't yeah. – if, if we could answer that, then I think we could sell that <laughs> information for a shitload of money. Yeah, Because <laughs> that's, that's what everyone wants to know. That's what all the big distillers yeah. and even yeah. small guys would, would really like to have an answer to that. But I, okay. I think the, the key to the answer is keep it diverse Yeah, and remember what is good today might be shit tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And so – that's affecting me right right currently at work. We we spoke already about World Whiskey Plan, which I'll come back to in a sec. But we know that there are customers around the world who are seeing increasingly seeing whiskey um, as a commodity, like gold mm-hmm. or something to buy and invest in. And I will say it here, as I've said it many other times, that is fucking the whole thing up. Mm-hmm. Because that customer might be here today, but who's going to buy it from them? And if no one's there to buy it from them, let's and I'm not trying to be cynical about it, but the, mm-hmm. when you start getting to prices like we've seen this rare whiskey 101 or whatever, I'm promoting an idea of this the, the wealthiest oh, sorry the, the the most valuable whiskey collection, this gentleman in Vietnam. I happen to know personally 
two people who have more more valuable collections than that particular one. Mm. Um, but that's not, that's not really the point. The point is by spreading this myth and this this aspiration to especially Asians is really unfair and almost racist. It's almost not treating the people with respect like they're humans just like you. And when they see that this is a fraud, they are going to be angry. Mm-hmm. And so when increasingly we're, we're getting stuff offered to us um, as cast because like I say, we buy we buy cast off a brokerage market. And increasingly mm-hmm. there are people getting involved in this game because it seems very lucrative for the time being. And the, some of the prices we are seeing are obscene. Yeah. And that's not because they're trying to rip me off or Toby off our head buyer. It's because they were ripped off. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. really, really bad because mm-hmm. in the future – the value will be sucked out of the, especially the Scotch whiskey category. Mm-hmm. And um, fortunately, though, with diversification, there are there are all are right. plenty of great distillers around the world. Like Australia is on fire and finally producing enough to, to export it. And the distilleries are spectacular. The whiskey mm-hmm. is amazing. Mm-hmm. So the. Um, I kind of answered your question with a long Sam yeah. Simmons meander. Yeah, yeah no, I love it. <laughs> the world whiskey, the, finally, though, so the world whiskey blend is part of that too because I, yeah. I want to make sure that there is still a customer who gives a shit about weird mm-hmm. inside jokes on whiskey labels because maybe that person's gone to gin. Maybe mm-hmm. there's a whole generation that whiskey's lost to tonic. Mm-hmm. So world whiskey blend is about bringing them back to a drink. Well, don't worry about whiskey. Don't worry about the distillery names you can't pronounce and getting a fancy. You can only do it with a fancy glass and, oh, you, someone's g- going to frown if you put – milk in it or mm-hmm. ice or whatever <laughs> drink it how you like and encouraging right. that and then when you get to the next level and you're used to drinking world whiskey blender any any whiskey with ginger ale or whatever the way you like it and then mm-hmm. you discover oh it includes some langaton where's langaton from oh it includes some nantau from taiwan oh and it drives you to learn more um i think we need to do more of that the way johnny walker did for so long that really mm-hmm. helped scotch grow um 50 years ago yeah, I mean, in, in the way that the whiskey industry is, it's worth sending me that way uh, because, you know, e- even with the age statements that, like, as you said, it's, it's, it was largely to drive older stock of sales and kind of put a number on it and a value on, on that whiskey, on the scotch, or, or, or even that bourbon uh, in the 90s and, and late 80s, I guess. Um, but, you know, we're hearing this from, from other sides, too. Like, you know, we have, we have friends that uh, drank a lot more whiskey years ago that are at that point where, you know, they used to buy that $40 bourbon that they loved and they mm-hmm. were happy with it. And it was rare enough that, you know, they knew where to get it and it was they knew when to buy it. But it was, wasn't so rare that they'd have to chase down uh, liquor stores to, to buy it. And now it's, now it's like the stuff that's available every day is available every day. And the other stuff is barely available. And then the secondary markets um that are, are the prices are 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 the point they're not changing and i mean i i think you know i i'm i'm i love the stock market i i, I love investing in the stock market so kind of like that that whole supply demand if you look at it from that economy scale the everything that's happening right now is it's saying you're getting less and less interest in those kind of unless you have a pappy van winkle or a buffalo trace antique collection now everything's kind of dying down you don't have that same uh same desire to get those bottles because people have bought those bottles they have them and they're not going to buy it again and i and i can't imagine what it's like at that fifty thousand dollar plus scale yeah but no it's it's the same problem it's not different i mean you're you had an episode i can't remember how long ago sorry but about flipping about um Mm yeah and i that was totally eye-opening to me because i i i i'm fully aware of my handicap being very scotch bias in my whiskey experience and um, knowledge really uh, but that was that was really eye-opening to me that some of the details you had in that episode and that that phenomenon is the, it's the exact same disease or yeah. mm-hmm. it's human trait of just 
I guess it's greed, isn't it? But mm-hmm. the yeah. important thing is, I'm delighted that you've opened the bottles that you have that we sent you, and you share them. That, you know, share and enjoy John Glazer's ass. So he yeah. hasn't shared it with me. <laughs> well, the, <laughs> what's left of them will be at the heel party. So Jamie, <laughs> okay. you'll have. Uh, <laughs> That's get, awesome. Get there early, Jamie, please. <laughs> I will get there early. Don't you worry. Uh, Don't no, but yeah, worry. We'll, we'll have them at the Heal Party. Uh, that's our, our annual event that uh, uh, totally Jamie's idea. It was one of our better ideas out of the podcast. Yeah. Jamie's like, we should do a party that opens up all the last bits of bottles of everything. And so that's going to happen in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, and we'll have your bottles uh, We'll have your bottles there at the Heal Party. That's a wicked idea. A fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's great. And then when it's empty, Jamie, if you get there too late, you just make sure you harass the LCBO and you tell them. I will. Uh, it was like, there's a Canadian head of whiskey who brought That's... or is making these. It's only <laughs> Ontario's responsibility to bring these products in. Because <laughs> we know that's how the LCBO uh, yeah. works. Yeah, yeah sure. exactly. <laughs> that's right. They do. I'm, I'm on your side. I'm batting for you, Sam. Like I'm very, I would love to see all these products come in through it. But lucky for you, I, I do head out to uh, Calgary quite often, so I can stock up there. Nice. Um, but yeah, no, that's awesome. I'm I'm super excited and always so happy to like hear things are going well. Are you coming to Toronto anytime soon? I very quickly. I, yeah, I've got mm-hmm. uh, my brother's uh, daughter. My, yeah, my oldest, mm-hmm. I guess, mm-hmm. niece is having her bat mitzvah in December. So the whole oh. family, me and my girls. My wife and three daughters are flying over for the most expensive three-day trip to oh. Toronto I've, I've ever taken. Yeah. Well, if it's around the heel party, you're more than welcome to come. Yes. <laughs> uh, Mark, send him an invite. I was very tempted. Invite. Yes, yeah, please. It's, uh, December 8th. December 8th is the date. Uh, if you happen to be uh, in Toronto. Let me see if I can afford changing my flights for five humans. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if it's only a few days earlier, uh, it's... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. No, but otherwise, uh, January, guys, actually, uh, uh, we can speak uh, about this offline, but I will be over in January with some work stuff. So I would like to nice. see then. Nice. That's love it. Great. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, so, Sam, uh, where can. So, you are, by the way, we should also mention you are the original Dr. Whiskey. Uh, there wasn't a second Dr. OG. Whiskey, but Dr. you're the whiskey. OG uh, whiskey blogger, Twitter, or. or um, and, and that's kind of how your career moved through. Uh, tell us where people can find you. Well, still, still using the name Doctor Whiskey. Although it's fun, funny to see friends sharing links with me of other Doctor Whiskeys that have popped up in the online world. But that's, I mean, I'm not. What am I not going to fight for intellectual property in that way? But no, it's lucky. I mean, are you actually a doctor, Sam? Are you? Are you? Of whiskey, no. Doctor of letters, misapplied. Honorary Doctor of whiskey. But no, you're right. That was the gnome the plume because everyone made fun of me when I was living in Edinburgh for knowing more about whiskey than what I was researching um, <laughs> or at least wanting to talk about it more than what i was researching and then yeah started it's right started that blog in 2006 and i was just lucky that at that time that was still sort of in its infancy and if you googled mm-hmm. glenlivet or any whiskey i came up yeah it was yeah. amazing so it was very cool so but i'm still dr whiskey dr dot whiskey at all the all the platforms maybe underscore on twitter um, and then uncorked is the other way to find me regularly tagged and uh, uncorked whiskey sessions from the that boutique broadcasting company. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Every episode is marked as explicit, which is what this episode is going to be marked at. Um, so uh, there you go. And speaking it's of not- Marsk, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Well, I will actually. I, I, the, so when I did my um, my interview over the phone with Sam, uh, he was 
probably about 45 minutes late in calling me. And the first thing out of his mouth before he like barely even said hello, he's like, hi, hi, sorry, fuck, sorry, shit, shit, I'm the worst, fuck. And I was like, it's okay, don't worry about it. I was just trying to show you the different ways to conjugate the the word that that we could use. It's so what funny, fuck functions in language in so many interesting ways. I feel I'm like Jamie's language has cleaned up a lot since she started at the Belvini. <laughs> and that is hilarious. That curb Jamie, the swears. Yeah. Well, that, that. You know, I'm only human. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on, Sam. We gotta go. Um, thanks, Sam. Thanks for coming on, Jamie. Yes. Welcome you back. can still find me on the line. Yes, at on the bourbon, bourbon thing. thing. Yeah. And it's Mark Bylock. And uh, we'll have everything in the show notes so that you can uh, subscribe to Sam's podcast and follow Sam on Twitter, uh, where he swears a little less. And then <laughs> buy all of the delicious Adam Brands products that he uh, helps support. Thanks, right. guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Sam. Cheers. Whiskey, whiskey, the singer's getting sore. We raised the roof, now we're lowering the floor. The band is blistered, but we got a little more. When I say one, two, you say three, four, one, two. Uh, one pop for everybody with the pops. Oh, yeah, I have a hold on. Three, two, one. Oh, nice. <laughs> that was almost a melody, guys. Yeah. That was beautiful. <laughs> Cheers, guys.